What's going on, everybody? It's your girl, Mia, and I'm back again for part two on why we can't relate. Now, I really didn't intentionally want to drop this on Valentine's Day. I really was trying to keep the 11th because I dropped my last episode on the 11th, but it was the Super Bowl and I was turned about Usher. So why not drop this episode on the day that everybody want to be like, oh, I'm so in love and I love you. Um, yeah, like... I just was like, I'll just drop it because this is how I will see and want to portray a godly relationship in the future now. Um, I've never really catered a relationship towards God and gave it to God and surrendered it to him. I've never done that before. And so now that I've been single for four years and I've really um, started to get an intimate and personal relationship with God, um, this is the way that I've been reading my scripture and what I've been interpreting from interpreting from the scripture. Um, and so I'm just going to give y'all my perspective and scripture on what I see a godly relationship should look like. Now, granted, read your Bible for yourself, pray and ask God what is for you. What works for me works for me. What works for you works for you. As long as if you're trying to do it by God's way, as long as it's textual and it's facts and it's by his way and his, and his truth, do you, boo. But for me, I'm just going to let y'all know of what I've been pondering about, thinking about, reading about, listening about, listening to other Christians, podcasts, reading books, and then also just the Bible on what I've been understanding and getting about love. So let's go. <laughs> You are now listening to the Do Her Podcast. The Do Her Podcast is geared towards highlighting the characteristics of a feminine doer. And it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. James 125, New King James Version. A doer is a person who acts rather than merely talks or thinks. When a woman gets a hold of being a doer, it is planted, nurtured, and grown into its full potential and purpose. Within this podcast, we will discuss many topics, sometimes controversial. Many topics including whole health, financial literacy, food and nutrition, social media influence, and more. This is the Do Her Podcast. All right. So, listen, this is going to sound crazy. Y'all going to think, what? But I want y'all to know that this this episode is going to be a testimony, y'all. I'm telling y'all right now. Everything I'm about to say, y'all going to say this is impossible. She'll never get married. How can she expect to find her husband this way if she desires marriage? If that's what she truly wants, she will never find the one. He doesn't exist. And just like Jesus said, you are not believing this because of human standards. You are thinking with the, just the basic mind and human standards. Like he rebuked Paul when he said that I'm going to die and be crucified and rise on the third day. And Paul was like, don't talk like that. Jesus, no. And Jesus said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me give y'all a text. Yeah, here we go. Mark 9, 33. Went right to it. 
Jesus turned around and looked at his disciple. Then he reprimanded Peter. I said Paul, but Peter. He said, get away from me, Satan. You are seeing things merely from the human point of view and not God's. So let me tell y'all right now that everything I'm about to say, this is all biblical. And there is 8 billion people in the world. And I promise that the man that I am describing and the relationship that I am describing in this episode right now, it exists and it is out there. And it will happen because God thinks are possible all things with God are possible because you know why they're possible because I'm possible so it might seem impossible but he made me possible get what you see what I did there I'm possible it seemed impossible but he made I'm possible yeah you know don't let it go over your head anywho Jesus sat here and told y'all when stuff when he said he was gonna die in three days and they like man that's crazy why would you speak that on your life he said hey you are seeing things from Satan's point of view and not God's so, you want to understand it. And so, what y'all finna hear in this episode, you probably ain't gonna understand it. It's gonna sound crazy to you. But I've sat on this, I've thought about it. That's why I kind of waited to make sure I get this episode out. Plus, I'm busy as all I get out. And I wanted to wait um, and really just sit and meditate on this because I wanted to think like, okay, this is how I truly want a relationship for me, my next relationship, which will be my husband, I, I'm not, we not dating just to date, but the next relationship and, um, commitment you will see me with will be my husband. And that's just the facts. And I'm explaining how that's going to look and how that works. So first and foremost, we're going to break this up. Um, I'm going to talk about basically from what I'm understanding from the male perspective. Now do understand that my point of view for this is a little tainted because I'm just not a male myself. But from talking to many my male friends, observing my male friends and men in general, many of these podcasts, even men with these podcasts, Mike, that be having crazy advice and just listening to even godly men, all type of stuff. Just listening to men in general. They might all have different point of views, might all be crazy, might interpret or portray a relationship in all many different ways. But when I say one thing that sounds secure is that one piece of advice is solid for every and every single man. When they know, they know. Now listen, not to say that men are inadequate and that they are not great human beings and brilliant and smart and beautiful, but let me tell you one thing. A lot of men don't know a lot of things. They are very simple. They are very logical. It's very this or that. They are not very gray area, confusing. They're not really as emotional as women tend to be sometimes. They're very straightforward. And one thing I have observed in every single man, whether he is future down to the Russell Wilsons, whether he is a godly man or a trapping man that is very toxic. When they know, they know. And when they want it, they gonna get it. It's just that simple. That, that goes for every man. So hear me and hear me good, ladies. When he knows, he knows. And he's not gonna waste time when he knows. I've seen that so many times with so many men. Now, that don't mean maybe he might get married to you immediately and want to be, you know, because then that goes into, like, his view on marriage and do he even believe in marriage and yada, 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 yada. But one thing a man going to do, he going to commit to you and make some plans 
when he truly wants to. He not going to ponder it. He not going to play around with it. If that man want to go on a date with you, he going to make plans to make a go on a date with you. He going to see when you free. He going to try to give you options. He going or he going to let you pick whatever the case, but he going to put some into action to see you. When he wants you to be his girlfriend, he will ask you and make it very clear that you are his girlfriend. Not no situationship. Not no, let's see where this go. Let's go with the flow. I'm just vibing. None of that. When he wants to, to make that move, he going to pull that trigger. When he wants you to be his wife, he is going to boom, buy that ring, talk with the family and friends. He going to make all the background moves and he's going to pull that trigger. He's not going to sit here and just, you know, you got to pull his teeth. Y'all got to be together for 10 years. He got to see how well you can cook, how good you are in bed. Uh, he ain't got to see none of that. Because guess what? The next woman can come and do that in six months and he be ready to marry her and you stay with him for five years and you wondering where you went wrong. When he knows, he knows. And unfortunately, ladies, let me tell you right now, there's not enough cooking, cleaning. There's not enough ducking y'all know what i want to say or sucking that you can do to keep a man I, I i promise there's not enough like people think oh i gotta if i if i can all these women think if i can do this if i do that if i keep my figure right and i and i cook and i clean and i do this and i do that you're doing all these gymnastics to keep a man all this love performance base that's not gonna keep them now, granted, I am single, nowhere near to be married. I'm single as a Pringle. So you're probably thinking, how can she say this? And she's not even married and got a man kept right now. Well, that is true. But, you know, this is just from experience. You can definitely learn while being single and learn what not to do. So you can definitely very much observe. Like, I know to wear my seatbelt and stay in my lanes when I'm driving to not die and get in a car accident. And I've observed that by seeing other people dry and learning that. So you can learn and not do it just yet. Um, but when you do experience it, you learn from experience. So, but there's just not enough love performance that you can do. Because guess what? God love, love that God created because God is love. He loves us because we're just us. That's it. That's it. You wake up by the grace of God every single day and you go to sleep every night by the grace of God every single day because he wants you to and because he loves you. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, he still loves you. Even when you act in a whole fool, he still loves you. So the goal is to find a love very similar to that because guess what? You're not going to be satisfied and ever find a perfect love that's just that's just what it is nobody's perfect you're not gonna find that perfect man that has no flaws you're not gonna find that perfect woman that has no flaws it's just that simple um you everybody comes with some junk but the the what you need to look for is the one that mirror and really wants to seek after God's own heart the most. That is a godly relationship. They're not going to be perfect. 
But as long as they wake up every single day and are aiming for a heart of God, like God, and they're seeking him and they're trying to be more Christ-like and they're trying to be like them, him and they're trying to, um, you know, display the fruits of the spirit and they're trying to display that 1 Corinthians 13 love, then you know. That is love. And I'm going to read that for you. Not just going to throw that at you and not read it. So 1 Corinthians, boom, 13. Love is the greatest, okay? So this is what they need to portray. And this is how you will know if they're the love for you. All right, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through verse 7. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, love never loses faith, it is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So that right there is the foundation of where you should be getting your romantic and building it, you're building your romantic relationship from. That right there. If you don't do nothing else, you need to build it from that. Because that really just covers all bases. And I'm going to break it down. Let's get into it. Let's break it down to word for word, text for text. Love is patient and kind. If they patient, are they patient? Are they irritable? Do they rush you? Are they always in a rush? Are they always eager for the next phase in life? Are they very impatient of where they at in life? If they trying to, I got to get this. I need to get that. Oh, I can't wait till I get this. I ain't satisfied till I get that. They're not patient with the process. They're not patient with themselves. So they're definitely not going to be patient with you. Duh. <laughs> they're not even patient with their own life. Are they kind? Like, are they just a good person? Are they sweet? Are they nice? Are they kind to people? Do they treat the janitor and the CEO the same person? Come on now. How do they treat people in service and retail? Um, are they jealous? Do they get jealous when you just do anything outside of them? Are they boastful? So are they bragging? Are they always flexing and bragging and look at me, look what I got, and proud? Or are they rude, you know? Do they demand their own way? Do they say, if you don't do this with me by this time, it's over, or I'm not doing this, or I'm, are they like taking away things because you're not doing things their way? Are they hanging stuff over your head and punishing you in a way because you're not doing what they want you to do when you want to do. And check yourself as I'm as I'm reevaluating and I'm going through this. Check your own heart. Are you any of these things? Hello. Are they irritable? Because it said it is not irritable. So are they always irritated, agitated? Do they get upset really easily? They hot tempered, you know? Do it keep records of being wrong? Do they keep record, you know? You did one mistake, and they never going to let it go. You know, they always going to bring it up every so often. Or they keep bringing it up. They don't rejoice about injustice. So they don't rejoice about being wronged, but they rejoice when the truth wins out. So they don't rejoice when you get in trouble or you get caught in a lie or something like that or something they y'all don't agree on and they catch you in something or they upset with you. They don't rejoice like, aha, caught you. You always doing this and da 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 no, but they are more at peace and they're calm and they're happy when the truth wins out. They never give up. Love never gives up. 
It never loses faith. It is always hopeful and it endures through every circumstance. Now this right here, just like if a man knows, he's going to stay consistent. So I'm going to direct a lot of this towards a man because I'm a woman, so I can only speak for my ladies that's kind of looking for the fruits of a husband and a man because I can't speak from the man perspective. That's just the facts. So this last sentence, and I'm going to really break this down and give y'all another scripture with it too. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It is always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. So I told y'all, when a man knows, he knows. And he's going to do everything in his power to go after what he wants. And like I said, this is for any man, down to the little boy in a grown man body. Hello. Okay, they going to go after what they want. It is built in men. It's in their DNA. Men are hunters. They chase. They love the game of chasing. As a woman, you should not chase. As a woman, you should not chase. As a woman, you should not chase. One more time for my girl in the back. As a woman, I feel like it should slow down right here, but I don't be editing my stuff because who finna do all that? You should not chase. And I'm speaking this for myself because it's been times where I've been so insecure, not loving myself, not valuing myself, not knowing my value, my worth, my dignity, my respect, and just loving who I am 100% and just also knowing who I am in God and in God's image that I have begged, chased, and pleaded with a man for him to love me. And when I tell you that is the most, like, degrading thing you can do as a woman, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, when you are begging and pleading a man to love you, y'all, he lost all respect for you. I'm going to let you know right now, like, he may love you. He may have had some love for you. He may even wanted to commit it you to you and and when he was ready, when he felt like being ready, but once again, that just also throws out rule number one that when he seen you he he should have known if it ain't you, sis, it ain't you, I'm sorry, but if you are begging and pleading and chasing a man, even if he made the initial move, but now all of a sudden the roles are reversed and you chasing and pleading for a man. He's he 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 lost respect for you, and now he knows in his head, in the back of his head, he can play and do anything to you, and you gonna run with it. Like he can breadcrumb you and give you any little thing, and you gonna take it and run with it. So, you should never chase a man. You just you just don't. And I heard somebody say a quote from a podcast, um, Harley initiated. It was like Ken the pimp. It was a pimp giving like ex-advice um he said whoever's doing the chasing is usually the one getting played so just let that sit whoever's doing the chasing is usually the one getting played so whoever doing the chasing you're usually the one that's getting played and if you are the woman doing the chasing it's not a good look girl because he gonna really because men are like they peep they read so quick they might not say a lot but men are the biggest observers on this earth. They sit back and they watch and they eternalize that. And they say, okay, they start putting you in categories. From what I've heard, many men, they put you in a category. They put you in a category of 
this is the one I can play with. Oh, and this is the one I definitely can't play with. And if he is securing himself as a man, you're not going to scare him. So if you are securing yourself, if you have standards and you have morals and you have respect and value for yourself, if you pick the, if you be like, Mm-mm, you're not about to play with me, or you be like, this is what I'm going to do, and you put your foot down and you mean it, that man going to either, oh, okay, I like her. She she ain't the one I ain't finna play. She ain't finna, I ain't, she ain't finna play with me. I know I need to, you know, I need to be on my P's and Q's. I need to treat this woman right. Or he going to be like, ah, mm, man. You know, they, 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 they intrigued by you. Cause it's like, Ooh, you challenging. Let me see how much I can do. Like, so now they got to maneuver and see how much they can get by you. Okay. That won't fly with you. Let me see if I can try it this way. Mm, you caught me on that way too. Let me see if I can come in through the back door. So it's not to say that you got to play all these games with men because I'm going to explain why you shouldn't be playing none of these games with men. But if you are securing yourself and you put that foot down and you are set that boundary, then either you're going to make him stay and, and, and suit up or he's going to run and, and you know try to find the next one he can play with. And so if he truly loves you and wants you, He's never going to give up. If he's really securing himself and he really sure it's you, and like I said, they know, and I'm going to explain how they know, but if he is sure it's you, he ain't going to give up. It is almost to the point a man going to get on your nerves, ladies, where he going to really be checking in on you. Hey, beautiful, how you doing? Hope you had a great day today. Even if both of y'all are busy, he's going to check in with you some point in that day, whether it's morning or night. But if he couldn't catch you in the morning because he was busy or you was busy, he going to catch you some point in that day and be like, hey, love, I hope your day was beautiful. Da, 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 da. He's not going to go a day. He's not going to go a day because he never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So this is for all my girls. You know, that man was great in the beginning, but then he fell off. That, that ain't the one, boo. Either another woman got his interest and attention, or you just ain't the one, and you ain't got his attention. It, it ain't it probably ain't even another woman. It's just you ain't got his attention. You just you just don't. You just not for her. You ain't got it. You ain't piquing his interest. Because if he truly wants you, he's not gonna give up. And through every circumstances where he going through a lot, whatever, it just said through every circumstance he gonna be there. So he could be really struggling, striving, you know, financially, whatever, but he's still going to show up. He's still going to check in. He's still going to hit you up. He's still going to make sure you okay. Even if he ain't got the funds or the materials to make sure you are physically okay, he's going to still be there emotionally. He's still going to be there, like, just his presence. He's going to make sure that he check in, even if he's going through hell, because he never loses faith. He's always hopeful, and he endures through every circumstance. So really break down 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. I'm telling you, if you read between the lines of the scripture, you will get the play-by-play book. You see how I just took them three verses and just broke down some of the mess that we all go through and just really weeded out all the BS that we go through and accept. I just broke down if they're not patient and kind, if they jealous, they they always flexing, they rude, they proud, they always demanding their own way, and they punish you if you don't do it their way. 
If they irritable, they always getting agitated real easy. They not patient. You know, they keeping record of every time you do something wrong. Like, come on now. I just broke all of it down. And in that last sentence, I really broke it down. That in the beginning, that man sees you, he wants you, he going to chase you. You say, cool, I like that, we can, we can vibe. He's going to show up every single day, whether it's a month in, three months in, six months in, a year in. Now, granted, people are human, stuff happened, he might slip for a day or whatever, but it's not going to be no long period of time where he, his whole energy just shifts, where he was just on it all day, every day, consistent, FaceTiming you, texting you, all of that, where he was just on top of his A game, and all of a sudden, two months in, it's like he a whole different person. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's how he introduced himself and the energy he set and what you accept and what you allow, how it is laid out in the beginning, he's if he truly interested, he's going to keep that foundation laid out. He's not going to lay that foundation and then rip the foundation away, but we started building the house. No real man going to do that. Now, little boy going to lay that fake foundation of sand, not no cement, not something solid. He going to lay that little foundation of, of, of love. But once you're trying to start building the house and you're like, okay, I like this. We can start vibing. Well, you done built it on something weak because he wasn't for real. He was just playing. He just trying to see how much he can do to get what he really want. And, you know, most of the time that's sex or whatever he want from you. So he's just trying to see how much dancing and prancing and, and, and love bombing he can do to see how much he can get. So if he building that rocky foundation, don't be surprised when the house looking real ugly and stank and lopsided. But a real man, how he come in, is how he gonna set the pace and the tone. He gonna tell you his intentions. It's really not gonna ever be no confusion. He's always gonna make it clear where you stand to him. He's always gonna make it clear. Whether by words and action. And notice I didn't say or. I said and. Words and action. So it's gonna come out of his mouth and it's gonna come through his actions. Not just words, not just actions, but he's going to vocalize and put that step in. He's going to walk it like he talk it. And I'm like, I, I really didn't mean to go on this rampage just off of Corinthians, but like I've been processing a lot. So I really just emptied out a clip on a lot just from this one verse. But it really just makes up the whole thing. And like really the back end is going how it really looks once you get in that relationship, which is my goals of what it will look like. But I'm, I'm just really, I'm really passionate about this because for one, I've been here in all of these places where a man has love bombed me or I've chased and I've begged and pleaded and I've accepted whatever because I wasn't secure in myself. I didn't love myself. But now that I really seek God before anything else, God is telling me, this is who you are. You are my child. You are, you are. Like my favorite verse, Proverbs 29 and 30. Woof, let me get to it. 31 and 29, I believe. Yes, sir. Hold on, let me get to it. Yes, 31 and 29. Proverbs 31 and 29. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you suppress them all. That right there blessed me. 
Because baby, everybody fine, but they ain't me. So once I started to be confident and having that God-fidence, confidence in God, and really seeking him and knowing who I am as his child, as his daughter, and really started to walk and talk like him through his fruits, all these little boys, like anything, like it make my ears bleed just hearing something stupid. Like the other day, a guy just was like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I bet you did with your cute self. And we was talking about something real random. And I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Like that, just that was childish. Cause I was like, this is random. Get out of my face. Like anything that's not, hey, beautiful, how you doing? I think you're very attractive. Let's go on a date. If it ain't coming in the form of that, I don't want it. Like you ain't stepping with clear intentions, with words and actions. I don't want it. Not that, oh, you cute. Oh, yeah, a woman like you. Man, I need me a girl like you. No, 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 no. That's that child's play. Keep that on the playground. I ain't got time. I'm getting older, not younger. So, anywho, I didn't mean to get on the rent page for that. But let me go ahead and back up why a man knows how he knows. Um, and then the work he'll put in. So, remember that last sentence in 1 Corinthians 13 and 7. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. We're going to take it way back. Let's go to Genesis, real old school, but it eats. Genesis is such a storytelling scripture, and I love it so much. Like, the tea is boiling hot in, in, in Genesis. So here we go. One of the first love stories we got an explanation from. So we in Genesis 29, talking about Jacob. Oh, perfect. So starting at the 11th verse, and I'm going to kind of jump around, okay? So Genesis... 29, 11. So Jacob sees Rachel, right? He sees her. You know, he minding his business. He doing his work. And then he sees her. He helps her out. First of all, he goes to her and helps her out with her flock and all of that. You know, he helps her. He just runs and wants to go help her. That's the first step. He sees her and he's like, oh my God, I got to help her. Then the first thing he does then Jacob, verse 11, Jacob kissed Rachel and he wept aloud. So wept is like a, uh, like a cry out loud. If you didn't know what wept meant. You mean to tell me this man ran, he seen Rachel, ran to her, went to help her, kissed her. And then he wept. Do you know how much like what overcomes you? If you see somebody go kiss them and be like, uh, like, like you just like so overwhelmed with emotion that you're just like cry out loud. Like you just like, uh, if that don't scream, she the one, I don't know what is like that just immediately like, oh my God, girl, you are the love of my life. This is truly love at first sight. <laughs> like what? So now let's jump down to 16. So now he found a dad, which is technically his uncle. But this was, this was back when a lot of people went on the earth. So it was okay back then, but. Yeah. Um, anywho, he goes over to the house, whatever case, wah, 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 wah. Verse 16. Now, Lebanon, Laban, yeah, Laban, um, which is her dad, had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah, and the younger one was named Rachel, which is the one Jacob was in love with. There was no sparkle in Leah's eye. 
Now, that was the Bible's kindest way of basically saying Leah wasn't really that cute to Jacob. We just going to tell it like it is. Like, it said there was no sparkle in Leah's eye. A.K.A. the Bible said she wasn't all that. Like, I ain't, she, we ain't going to say she ugly, but she wasn't all that. She was a solid five. Like, but my boy Jacob wasn't feeling Leah. He like, yeah, whatever. You the sister. Cool. I ain't really feeling you. But Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. So we, it just also emphasized Rachel was just her. Like, she just had it. She was her. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I will work for you for seven years if you give me, Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Now that right there, boom. I could close it right there and we can, t we can be done right there. You mean to tell me he sees her, runs help her, kiss her, whelped, then go to her daddy and like, yo, I will work for you for not one year, for not six months, for not two or three months, but for seven years. Seven years. Just because I want your daughter as my wife. See, back then, marriage was like... I'm taking you from your father, your father's last name. You have your father's name. You are your father's possession. He is supposed to protect and provide for you. I am taking you away from him to become mine. And now I'm going to have you in my possession and I'm going to protect and provide for you now. And you had to prove to the father back then. And, you know, I mean, now it's not that, that's, you know, strategic and very strong but back then in those days and really almost to our grandparents like era you had to really prove that you were capable of taking somebody's daughter and being like this is gonna be mine now you ain't gotta worry about her no more she is mine I got everything that she had at home and more like I'm taking your daughter to wherever she had at home I'm able to provide for her that's what that meant back then so I'm going to go ahead. We're going to take a brief little moment. I'm going to just pause it right there because, listen, I'm going to let that rest. So this kind of leads me into the later half of the discussion, which is, you know, what everybody likes to talk about when it comes to money and 50-50 and, and all of that jazz and you know, yeah, which is really just marriage. So basically, like I just said, this Jacob said he will work for Rachel's dad for seven years if you give your daughter, your younger daughter, Rachel, as my wife. And then he did. They agreed on it. And on the 20th verse of Genesis 29, 20, so Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel. Emphasis to pay for Rachel. But his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Now, later on, if you read through the story, I'm not going to really get into it, but later on, the dad tricked him because since she was the younger sister, it wasn't in their customs for the younger sister to get married before the older sister. So basically, the dad made him marry Leah and Rachel because of the custom, whatever. Verse 28, so Jacob agreed to work seven more years a week after Jacob married Leah and Laban gave 
Rachel too. So that means this man worked 14 years to truly have Rachel as a wife. Now, am I saying in 2024 that you need to work for or work alongside somebody's daddy to, to prove absolutely not because that's not what we're doing and that was the customs back then. We live in a whole different world. We have jobs. we far more advanced than that. But I, what I am saying is that that is what marriage is truly about. So I waited on giving this episode, like I said in my last episode, I waited on really talking about relationships because so much of our relationship structure and advice have been tainted by this world's fleshly and tainted toxic desires and wants and needs and what and whatever we think we need but really just wants um it's been tainted by everybody that's just coming off their experience hopping off the porch from their relationship with ray ray heart still bleeding out and they just speaking about whatever they experience and what they see but i'm saying i had to really detox my brain from all of that which takes a while really get into my word listen to a lot of christian podcasts that is backing themselves up with scripture that I can go back and fact check what they saying and really put it into terms and come up with what I'm telling and saying today. And so when I seen Genesis 29 and it said he worked to pay for Rachel, people going to say pay what she was a slut. No, but like I said earlier, back then, you marrying someone's daughter, you had to literally prove why you were capable of taking that man's daughter away. Because if we look at how the family home should be structured and if the father is there, if the father is there actively in the home and taking care of the family, you have the daughter or the children, or the son, whatever, but the daughter has everything she needs at home. She has shelter. Her father is physically there. And if the relationship is, is healthy and right in God's eyes, she has a healthy image of what love is supposed to look like from a man. If her father is there and he is emotionally providing for her and being the uh, father that he should be and, you know, providing for the family, her first image of love and what a husband should look like is her father. So if you coming along and you finna take me away from the safety and security of my father, you better be coming correct. And you better be coming with the same standards that my father built me on, if not more. Now that is where if your husband makes more or whatever, whatever, that's, that's up for you. So what I am saying is that, you know, some women say, well, this man need to be making this type of much and good, 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 good. Girl, be for real. Your daddy only makes six G's and you was able to sacrifice and come up off of six G's, 60 G's, not six G's, but 60 G's. Your dad worked with a salary of $60,000 and you were able to live a okay, you know, not really without too much 
life. You was able to live a basic, normal, good life. And you sitting here coming out the gate that you saying you want your husband to be making over half a meal to a meal. You wasn't even raised up on a half a meal to a meal. So that is where all these expectations and standards that people just make up because of what they personally want and it's not adding up. Now, granted, if you are a woman making six figures, it should be who of you to kind of make meet somebody with your same playing field. But let's say he's making less. I would say, based off biblical terms of what we just read, he worked to pay for Rachel. And Jacob, he had some stuff. You know, once he worked, he worked for her dad. He was able to collect flock and cattle and all of that stuff over the years. So by the time it was all said and done, he had a whole bunch of stuff leaving. After he, after we, once he got done working for him and had his two wives, he had a lot of stuff he was leaving with too. He wasn't just leaving with two women empty-handed. He had stuff to carry off with him. So that is what I'm saying. I'm saying biblical terms-wise, you need to have or at least look for a man or be, see, you know, settling with a man that is least providing what your father provided for you. That's just Bible. If your father provided off of 50,000, 60,000, 70,000, or 100,000, you know, salary, and he provided these things and these needs, and you didn't have to go without this, this, and that, you don't need to be settling and marrying somebody that is going to make you be going without this and this and that. Because now you're going to be going into a place where you're not accustomed and used to. And that's not to say that hard times won't fall, that things don't happen, that the market don't crash, and things he loses job. That's not to say that he's not human and life just happens. But that's what I'm, I'm saying, that if you're going into the marriage, you're walking into the marriage, you need to be walking in. You don't need to be stepping down. And that's not to say he's below you. But what I'm saying is, you walking out of this house, you need to be walking into the same house that's built on that structure, if not better. That's what I'm saying, if that makes sense. So if you are walking out of a house, three-bedroom, two baths, you need to be walking into a three-bedroom, two baths type of salary. You get what I'm like? It don't have to be all the materialistic things, but it needs to be the same safety net is what I'm saying. Because now this is your husband. You have his last name. He can speak on your behalf legally if something happened to you, if you're about to die, if you get sick. This is something legal. Like, this is something that is truly going to be for the rest of your life, according to your vows. And a lot of people say, well, that's why, you know, I don't want that contract or prenup or whatever. Okay, okay. But you're going to be with a person for 30-something years and if they get sick or whatever or something happened, you get nothing to show for it. You was just a long-term girlfriend, but you want to go by the wife term, quit playing. Okay, listen, get that paper. I need that paper behind me. And if you got a problem with that, you just need to, you just, then marriage is not for you. Just say you don't want to be married, but don't sit here and play marriage, okay? And that's a different topic for a different day. But anywho, for women, I'm saying you need to, you need to find you a husband that's providing the safety net as your father provided for you. If your father is not there, you can still be married. It's just now, it's all the terms, you just, you're going to have to set those standards yourself. And that's just basically going to have to be based off where you're at in life. 
But you can't be a woman out here asking for a man to be making this much and that much and you not even, like, you're not even in that mindset. Not to say you don't make that because we know women don't get paid as fairly. We can't, you know, so not to say you need to be making the same thing, but you can't be asking for something ridiculous and you not even providing and, 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 and going in the best in your field and your craft. If you're not reaching the heights that you can and what you want to do, if you're not chugging towards that, why do you expect a man to be coming with all of this extra extracurricular stuff laid out when you're not even trying to aim for the goals you're trying to achieve? You say you want to be this, you want to be a hairstylist, you want to be, uh, you know, a CEO, you want to be this, you want to you want to own a business. You say you want to do that. Okay, well, what are you putting in the legwork to go after that? What are you doing to really pursue that? That is what you can bring to the table. So that way, when a man see you, and you may not be making as much as him, or you are making as much or whatever, he can see that, hey, the pay and all of that ain't there, but that's not against her. But the value and what she comes with in that mindset is priceless. And if I have her on my team, us together, we going to just take off. Not us together, one of us is going to suffer and be worse off because I added you to my life. So that is why you need to have somebody, if you have a father, he should be the safety net. Your husband should definitely be a safety net if you're going to cleave to him and take his last name. And that's not to say you need to depend on a man for everything. You need to have your own, but if you had a father, if you're marrying a man, he needs to provide. The two things a man should do is protect and provide. And if any man feels a way about this and think that this is wrong, he's not a man's man. And that's just the simple terms about it. Because a man that's in his purpose and a man that knows his place and knows his duty in life, he's going to provide. And he's going to strive for what he's going to do. And he's going to have his goals and pursue his dreams. But he's going to be looking for a woman that's going to help and not hinder. We are helpmates off of Genesis. God said it wasn't good for men to be alone. So I need me a woman that's going to help and pursue and project my vi vision upward, not downward. You're not about to break me down, and he shouldn't be breaking you down. So you need somebody that's going to help your vision grow, both men and women. But man-wise, you need to be, if you're trying to take this woman serious and you talking marriage, you need to be making sure that you can provide all the things that this girl's dad provided and that she and that she's safety with that. And if you can't provide that, that's okay. But that needs to be a conversation between you all that if she's okay with that. Because what's going to happen sometimes is that some women settle. Some women did have a, a dad making a certain amount of money and they was living this type of lifestyle. And then they go to a man that didn't quite have it, but he could have been working his way up to that. So then he achieves it. Great. He achieves it. Cool. He was on his way there. Or he could not be having that, but he ain't got no intentions to achieve it. And then that's where the man is probably lazy, trifling, whatever the case may be. But let's say he don't achieve it. Well, now she's going to always be looking down on you, whether she said it or not. She's not going to really have much respect for you because she downgraded her life to support you now. Because now she's looking at you 
And she's like, man, he said he's going to do this, and he still ain't done this yet, and it's been five or ten years, and, you know, we just been kind of laid around in this same place. We ain't projecting. We ain't moving. You supposed to be the man. You supposed to lead me. Now that's where it's going to get ugly, and relationship problems and arguments are going to fly out the woodworks just every other day because you are not providing and doing what a man is supposed to do. Men are supposed to lead, protect, and provide. That's just what the DNA, and that's just what it says, and that's just how it's structured. That's just what it is. Women, we are supposed to submit and help. We are supposed to help him up and submit. It's just that simple. And this can be very old terms. This can be very traditional, whatever, but it works. Women are not supposed to be leading men. And like I said, pay, it can, it can, it can be worked and arranged and, and conversated. You can meet him and he cannot be making what your dad is making at that moment. But like I said, what is he doing to climb that? Is he at the field he want to be at? Is he at the place and the location and the job he want to be at? He's just waiting for a promotion. All that takes is just him working hard and hopefully them seeing him, you know, and all of that. And him praying, and maybe if it's for him. If he's trying to own a business, okay, what is he doing with that plan and that business to make him, you know, get his business to where he want to get it? It's so many things that a man could be doing and a woman could be doing to reach their goals that even when you meet them at that moment, they might not be where they want to be, but give it a second because, you know, God going to manifest things when it's the right time, and then boom, Give it a year or two, and they exactly where they need to be. Now, some people say, oh, if you're at a certain financial point, you shouldn't be dating. Um, that doesn't matter. I think that's kind of more fleshy, and I think that is really more of just desires and wants of human standards. Once again, people can work their way up to where they need to go and where they want to be. It's just about do they have a realistic plan and are they executing it? Because talk is cheap. That man or that woman could be talking about doing this, this, and this, and that. But if they ain't laying out the game plan, taking the steps, taking the classes, getting on a Zoom call, putting in the laps and the work, reading some books, you know, like you don't see them actually putting action behind that goal and really getting knowledge to make sure it happens, then they just talking. But if you see them really reading books, they training for it, they doing it, they working, they grinding. If you see them really putting in the legwork, then that's on you if you're going to wait and be like, okay, it's going to manifest because I see them really putting in the legwork. But that's on you personally if you want to wait around for that. But most men, a man's man, to be honest, they not trying to date if they not financially right. And I hate to say that. Like, it sucks, but I know so many men that when they not financially there and they feel like they can't provide, a man's man, when they feel like they can't provide, they not trying to be nowhere around women. Now, for them little boys, they be they be ready to be all up in a woman's face and can't can't add can't add a dollar to it and rub a nickel together and throw and have a pot to piss in and throw it out the window. They ain't got nothing to show for it. And they still want to be all up in your face. But a man's man who really understands his purpose and has a goal and dreams for himself, when it ain't right, 
he ain't in the mental space to be entertaining a woman. He just like, I ain't really got the time for you, Shorty, because I'm, I'm frustrated with myself because I want to be at this place and I just, I'm not there. There's a difference where I'm not, a, I'm not at a place where I'm comfortable with and I just haven't achieved like many big goals because it can be some men that's just like, I want to achieve this, 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 and this, this, and this. And that's just big dreams and goals. And then they just chasing after the wind. And that's where the other episodes I talked about, like everything is meaningless and you're just chasing after the wind. So you got to know your purpose and your plan and also know the season that you're supposed to be in. But when a man is just comfortable where he's at and he's good, he just wants to go higher and reach goals, if it's for him, he's, he's looking to date. But if he ain't, he ain't got nothing to his pockets, he barely got enough for himself, he can't he ain't got he ain't got nothing together. He barely getting his bills together. He ain't got no transportation. He ain't got no job. He ain't, he ain't got nothing going for him. He shouldn't be in your face and he shouldn't want to be in your face. That's just the facts. So, that's the structure of just marriage. I kind of said a lot in that, but women I really answered a lot of different things that a lot of people debate. So that 50-50 conversation, I kind of just answered it. And I ain't breaking it down to no percentage or no, no. Listen back what I said. What did I say? What can he provide? What you, you, if you had a father or you was raised up on this and this is the lifestyle that you had, you should be, that should be, the, the you shouldn't want to go no lower than that. And what if, let's say, you grew up in the hood or something, and you grew up very, you know, poor or something. Well, then naturally you're going to want to do better anyway. Like, most people that grew up poor, they want to get out. They want to do better. So, and if you grind your way up, then that need to be the new standard. So, let's, like, that's just the advice I would give for somebody that don't have maybe a parent in the home, they're missing a parent in the home, or their life, their home life and upbringing was a little less fortunate. Um... Whatever you build yourself up to, that should be, I don't want to go no lower than that. But if you did have both parents in the home and you had a very decent life that you didn't go without needs, you know, by survival needs, you didn't go without needs, you had lights, food, water, clothing, shelter, then whatever that your lifestyle and childhood was growing up, that should be, that should be your standard. That should be like, look, I'm not going no lower than that. Especially when it comes to a woman about to, about to commit to a man. My opinion on godly dating is that it's non-existent. <laughs> Everybody probably like, what? So you mean to tell me that a boyfriend and girlfriend can't be dating for God? Yes and no. And the reason why I say yes and no is because we all know the Bible say you cannot have sex until marriage. That's just a fact. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. It's just really, it was written in the Bible and it's written for good reasoning. It's not written to, to make us feel like we missing out on something. A lot of us, think and the world makes us think that if you're not having sex before marriage that you are just missing out on this grand big scheme of things and that God is just hiding something from you he's not he really hiding like the 
like it's not even hiding. He's really keeping you away from the mess, the drama, the STIs, the STDs, the pregnancy scares, the like the the soul ties of being cleaved to somebody. Um so I'm going to read why avoiding sexual sin and it's in 1 Corinthians. Corinthians really just tell you what it is about love and sex and all of that. Really just good relationship advice. But 1 Corinthians 6, and I'm going to start at 12. You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God would do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Verse 15, don't you realize that your bodies are actually a part of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ and join it to a prostitute never and don't you realize if a man joins himself to a prostitute he becomes one body with her for the scripture says the two are united as into one but the person who is joined to the Lord is in is one spirit with him verse 18 run from sexual sin and it says it with an exclamation point run from sexual sin no other sin clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Verse 20. For you, for God brought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. What is that high price we say? Jesus' crucifixion on the cross. We are now his children. He bought us at a high price. It said run from sexual sin. No other sin is worse than the, to the body than this one. And I just listed out reasons before that why it is bad. Because you you got the risk of diseases, pregnancy scares, like just all of that. Like, and then I just read something like a while back. People was like, it ain't even just about the diseases. You don't know if this person got bed bugs. You don't know if they change their sheets. Do they brush their teeth a lot? Do they go to the dentist? Do they wash their hands? Like, it's just so many messy, nasty things that sex can bring to your body that we don't even think about because we just so horny and addicted to a nut that we just can't sit still for two seconds without trying to get our booty rubbed on and ejaculate and try to self-regulate our stress and just being tired. So now we feel like we got to bust a nut and masturbate every single day when all you do, all you really need is just to drink some water and go to bed early. Hello. But we just think because... We cannot take a break and just be away from sex. We think we're missing out on something. We think we're not getting our way into the club because we're not having sex and messing with anything that walk by and we find attractive. <laughs> I know I just emptied out the clip. But because I used to be there. And the reason why I was there is because 
Uh, and I'm going to explain this later, but just because of some trauma that happened to me in the past that was planted in me and that it made me think in my head that this is what it's supposed to be and this is what I'm supposed to be doing for the rest of my life. And then also just having insecurities in myself and having a rough relationship with my father, which I'm not shy to talk about, not having that emotional, loving relationship, that romantic image of what a husband should look like and, and love from a man should look like all the way to and through from a man. And thank God there's a that we have a God that is so loving that I can get that from him instead if my earthly father fails me. But not having that from my earthly father and just also being insecure myself that I was chasing and pleading and running after any little boy that gave me the slightest attention. And then I also felt that if I perform and do sexual immor immorality things with him, that that's just going to make him love me better. <laughs> and we all know that is the biggest lie the devil has ever told. Like, all because you have sex with a person does not mean that they will stay. And we all know that to be true. You having sex with somebody does not mean they're going to love you, that they're going to stay, that they're going to care for you, that they're going to value you. We know that. And since we know that, why do we want to give our body so easily to any and everybody? And let's say we're not giving it to any and everybody. Let's say we do commit to somebody and have a girlfriend or boyfriend. Somebody told me like this, even if she is supposed to be your wife, or she not supposed to be your wife. Like, that's, let's say that, you know, y'all together, but y'all don't end up getting married. You just robbed her or that man from their essence of who they truly are, their value. You just robbed them from what they truly are as a person. Because you can enjoy a person without touching a body. We do it every single day with strangers. We do it every single day with friends. We enjoy loving relationships all day long and get fulfillment from it without having sex with them. But it just seems like for whatever reason, we just it's the horniness and we can't get past a nut that we feel that every opposite sex relationship has to be romantic and it got to be bumping body parts. Like, it does not. You can have a great relationship with people and it not be lustful. You can have a great friendship with the opposite sex and it not be any lust involved. I have plenty of male friends that I am greatly um, appreciative of and I talk to and there's no sex involved ever. And I've had friendships that it, it was sex involved and now the relationship is all weird and now we like, dang, are we really friends? What does this mean now? Woo, woo, Like now it's all awkward and we got to figure out what this is. So like even when you, when you throw sex in it, it just confuses everything. And sex is glue and that is why it's only meant for married people. When you have sex with somebody, please know that you just glued yourself to that person whether you like it or not. Whether it was temporary, whether it was a one-night stand, whether it was a friends with benefits, whether it was a situationship, whether it's a boyfriend or girlfriend relationship, please know that you just now glued yourself to that person. And let me tell you right now, getting unstuck is real hard. Please tell me how many people you can think right now that you done had sex with that you can instantly just think of their body right now as I'm talking. You see what I mean? Like you have that image of that person embedded in your head forever. Whether y'all become friends and make it cordial and cool and, you know, be respectful later or y'all burn all bridges and not friends at all or whatever and it went sour, 
But please know that every person you had sex with, you probably can think of them naked right now. And what if you was never supposed to ever think of that person naked, ever? Because they're not your husband. If, they, if you're not married to them right now, that means it wasn't meant to be. But now you have this permanent image of this person or this stranger or whatever the case may be embedded in your head. You know them by this vulnerable state, this very intimate part of them, a very sacred conversation, physical conversation. You know them very sacredly and vulnerable. And y'all could have had a risk of so many other different things, like I said, pregnancy and diseases. But now you know this person, and no matter how hard you try, you will never forget that person for that. Like, you can look at them and be like, hey, how you doing? But in the back of your mind, way deep down in there, you thinking, man, I remember when I had sex with you. Like, even if you're not manifesting on the thought and having flashbacks, you're going to always look at that person and be like, I've had sex with them. Like, mentally in your head, we're natural humans. We're going to see someone in the room we had sex with, and we're going to be like, I had sex with you. Like, your brain is going to be like, hey, that's the person you had sex with. Hey, they're over there. Like, and like I said, even if you're not making that your focus, and you're not like making that priority and really putting that in your head and, and thinking on it, that is never going to go away. So you see how, how, how can we not ever forget that we had sex with someone when we see them? You see how we can just never forget that? Because sex is glue and it wasn't meant to be had with just any and everybody. It was meant for husbands and wives. Because it's glue. It's supposed to make you be closer and together. And God made sex. Sex is beautiful. Sex is a godly thing. But we are so perverted in the world. And we are so, like, just want to feed our flesh and satisfy our own needs and not give a hoot about what God's talking about. And we say we care about what God wants for us and what and what we, we want God's plan and we want his vision and we want him to bless us. But when God said, okay, well, I want you to do this, we like, mm, God, I don't know, I can't do that. Nah, I, want, I want you to give me that new job, but I can't stop having sex with my girlfriend. Uh, mm -mm, that's too much to ask. I can't do that. And it's easier said than done, yes. And I'm here to tell you it's easiest. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely easier said than done because I'm just now coming up on my year in May of having no sex and only 50 days out of no masturbation. So it is easier said than done because masturbation is sex before marriage, watching porn. That is, porn is probably the worst drug on this planet because it can be accessed to anybody. Like you don't even got to go to a plug. You ain't got to scrunch up some money to watch porn. Like I literally had to delete Twitter the other day because I, I don't even have, I don't even follow porn pages, like none of that and all of that. And it still pops up on my feed randomly not even with people liking something or whatever it's just randomly on my feet I'm like oh my gosh like I'm trying to be on the straight and narrow trying to remove lust from my life that is not satisfying to God which I'm single right now so nothing lustful should be in me right now and I'm minding my business and boom porn pops up I'm like Twitter which is x and really, the, the name is perfect because it's X-rated. Like, Twitter and, and X or whatever you want to call it, it it just, on my end, it was just too much. And it was too toxic, and I had to let it go. 
Um, and God convicted me personally, not to say that you need to sit here and delete your Twitter, but that was just my personal conviction that I was like, I have to let this go because this is about to be a stumbling block on my journey. Um, so, but porn, masturbation, all of that, I'm going to get into another episode of how sex, I, I really want to have my own episode about masturbation and that and things like that because masturbation is not a Bible, but I want to really break that down. But all of that is feeding your lustful desires. And so the reason why those things are not good, even if you're not having sex, is because I found even when I wasn't having sex and I would be masturbating or watching porn, I would do that a little bit and think I'm good and off the hook because I ain't had, I'm like, ooh, well, at least I ain't have sex with nobody, God. Woo, you know, I'm better than them. Like, I ain't out here fornicating, but... I'm out here watching porn and masturbating. Um, it's like that doesn't make you better because for one, for me personally, those little small doses of sexual things made me want to do the big things, which would be having sex with somebody. So those little small doses will made me want to call somebody up late at night or made me want to be like, Ooh, I kind of want to see this person or made me start to have lustful thoughts and see, like, I see a fine dude and I'm like, Ooh, I, I, I just want to, you know, like brain just get to getting hearty eyes and just committing adultery with my eyes, like all of that, because I'm keeping porn and masturbation actively in my life. So if you're going to keep those things actively in your life, but then you finding it hard to be like, oh my God, why do I still keep wanting to have sex with people? I'm not trying to do that. Well, it's because you're still feeding the flesh and you're feeding that desire. So it's going to be hard for you to remove it when you're still keeping small doses alive. So that is why those things are just not really good for us to have. And so, of course, we know sex before marriage is not good, but... You can have a relationship with people and not have sex. Now, I've seen plenty of godly relationships of people dating and they, they waited. That is very much harder. I've seen it been, I've seen it happen. Um, my friend is getting married soon. And as far as I know, she still ain't lost her virginity. And her and her boyfriend been together for as long as I can remember since we've been in high school. So... It's very possible. People are out here really dating somebody, and they are both celibate. They, they, they are out here, okay? It is a real thing. Y'all can believe them if y'all can not believe them or believe them if you want to, but I know for a fact I've met people and talked to people who have truly been celibate until marriage, and it was a beautiful thing for them. And a lot of people, well, I got to test drive the car, all that hoopla. Listen. You only say that because you've had a taste of it. You only can say that because you know what sex feels like. But for people who are truly virgins or people who are practice celibacy or abstinence for a long period of time, it gets to a point you, you don't need to test. You don't need that. You need the connection. You need to know this person really for you because if they are really for you, they cannot have all the things that you truly want in sex. Like, you know, all the bells and whistles. You know what I mean? You know all the extra things you want. Or they could not be that great performance-wise, which that can be improved. They could not have none of that. But if you are so in love with them, none of that will even matter. Because 
even the smallest touch from them is going to light your fire because you're so in love with their mind that is not even about the physical act of the sex it's the mental sex. So that is why God wanted us to wait because for one it's, it perverts our head. It makes us so far from him. Sex, I mean, sin, excuse me, sin and God are not, they cannot be together. When you are in sin, you are removed from God. So you are further from God when you are actively sinning. And one of the easiest sins you can actively partake in and knowingly you're actively partaking in is sex. Like all these other ones, jealousy, hatred. Like, I mean, that's easy to call out sometimes, but sometimes it's a little bit harder. Sometimes you think you're being nice and you really being mean. Like those are a little harder to, to, to narrow down and work on. But having sex, you don't just... Oh man, we was just chilling. Next thing you know, our clothes is off. You don't just fall into that. Like it builds up to that. Things have to happen for that to happen. You don't just meet somebody and boom, we had sex. Like you don't just stumble on top of somebody. Like you have to really go through a lot of steps for the final act to happen. So there's a lot of little points in your brain that could have told you stop don't do it you shouldn't be doing this stop get away and what did genesis 29 tell us i mean no what no not genesis um what did first corinthians 6 tell us 29 that's what it was it was verse 29 but what did it tell us run from sexual sin run not oh my god stop man <laughs> run from sexual sin verse 18 i'm thinking i'm thinking about genesis but it was first corinthians 6 and 18 run from sexual sin i'm thinking about in genesis when joseph mm, now i gotta read that but um i'll read that i'm about to pull it up but you gotta run from it and so not to say you need to run up out somebody i mean but you know if you up here late at night at somebody's house what you think gonna happen so we got to start using our common sense, y'all. You can we are flesh, okay? We are not we not we it's you you're human. You're going to be horny. It's never going to go away. But it's about the discipline and how much you are in your word that will make you be like I just I can't do this. And I can't do this not because I want to satisfy myself, but because I want to satisfy God. So um, Joseph, Joseph, when he was, um, when he was a servant slash save a slave for somebody, um, who was it? Um, the Israelite traders, what was it? Da, 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 the Lord Potiphar, Potiphar. I think that's how you say his name. You know, them biblical names is hard. Anyway, he was his personal attendant. Anyway, Potiphar or Port, we're going to call him Pot Port or Porty. I'm gonna call him Porty, not Pot, <laughs> but Porty. <laughs> um, his wife kept wanting to get after Joseph. She kept flirting with that man. She kept trying to creep up over him. She kept trying to have him se have sex with him. She kept saying, "Look, he not home. My husband not home. Have sex with me." Like, listen, lady, leave me alone. Your husband will kill me. Um. But she kept, so look, was it 39? Genesis 39 and 10. I told y'all, Genesis is juicy. It's a whole reality show. Genesis 39 and verse 10. She kept pressuring, uh, putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. 
and he kept out of her way as much as possible. So that's that running from it. He kept out of her way. So that's that not going over somebody's house late at night, not Netflix and chilling, you know, having boundaries, not sitting up in that car too long because car sex, come on now, we know. Um, but he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, which is like his robe or whatever, demanding, come on and sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. My boy physically had to run away from this woman. She jacked him up. So just like 1 Corinthians all the way fast forward to the New Testament 6 and 18 told us to run from sexual sin. You know why he told us to run from sexual sin? It's because Genesis 39 and 10 when Joseph sat here and had to run away from a grown woman grabbing his robe and being like, have sex with me, nobody home. He had to run away from that woman. That was the only way he was going to get away. But unfortunately, his robe ripped and it left evidence. So she played the little boy cry wolf and was like, he raped me. But he, we know he ain't touched that woman. But, but that's what it means. You got to run from sexual sin. You are not strong enough to fight that off. Joseph was a man and a woman jack you up. Most men, man, if a woman jack you up and be like, have sex with me and ain't nobody around and she looking good enough to do it. If you don't run in that moment or get up out of there, you won't, you won't have sex. So please know if Joseph didn't run, he would have definitely folded. He would have been like, mm, I mean, you know, you all right. Nobody ain't around, you know, well, hurry up. You know, like he would have, come on now. We human. We are flesh. It's going to happen. Um, so I know I said a lot, and um, this is definitely my longest episode, but I really was passionate about this because I've learned so much about godly relationships So um, and how relationships should look towards God. So I know I said that, you know, a godly relationship is non-existent or it's really hard to do. It's really hard to do because a lot of people, if they want to be boyfriend or girlfriend, they automatically want to assume that sex has got to be in that. They got to have sex. Even if they desire to be married, they need and want to have sex. And they make that the standard in their relationship. And I promise you, no matter how many Bible studies y'all do together, no matter, no matter how many church, how many times y'all go to church together, how much y'all fast and pray, if y'all are having sex before marriage, you're you not following God's orders. And you didn't need me to tell you that. You knew that. And that's not to say that y'all won't ever get married. Y'all might get married. You know, that might be your person. And it might be a great marriage. But I will tell you that no, God don't leave no sin, sin unjust he don't he don't leave no deed unpunished and let me tell you right now that if you are fornicating I can't I'm not prophesizing this over anybody's life so don't think that be said you go no I didn't say but I'm just saying that God he don't he don't leave nothing unpunished so just know if that is your person and y'all do end up getting married do not be surprised when y'all fall on some hardships and you wonder why this marriage is a little hard in hell and you like man why are we going at it? Why are we not? Why are we always having these rough seasons? Why this? Why that? 
I'm not saying it's because of that, but just I'm just saying. Don't make your life harder than what it should be. And so that leads me to my point, and I'm about to close with this, is that when it comes to me and what I think of a godly relationship, I think that since the Bible does not clarify on what dating should look like before marriage, and since the Bible gives us so many stories about how men just seen a woman, and in that moment he just wanted her and he got her, I do not believe that a book with 66 books in it and all these verses and chapters, I do not believe that they would not intentionally leave out this is what dating should look like. I don't think they would intentionally do that. So since the Bible doesn't say, hey, this is all the things you, do, you should do with a person before y'all get married. Since it does not clarify and specify that on any book in any chapter, and they only talk about marriage, 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 I believe that you should be friends with someone. And they should just be your friend until you're married or until you're engaged to be married. Because then, you know, then you're a fiancé and you're about to get married and you can do premarital counseling and all of that jazz. And people are like, so I can't have a boyfriend or girlfriend? You can. I didn't say you can't. But are you willing to do it in God's terms? And that re removes the sex. There's so many relationships out here that boyfriend and girlfriends, they are not not having sex. They are very much actively having sex. Many people cannot have a boyfriend and girlfriend and, and remove the sex from it. Some people can, and you can ask those couples and ask them the play-by-play -play on how they avoid that. I know many people who are couples, but they doing celibacy and they not having um, sex before marriage. Some of those couples don't even hardly kiss because they trying to make sure they're not tiptoeing and almost giving themselves the, you know, just the temptation and teasing of, we could take this further, you know, like first it start off with this and then we going to get further into this and that and that. So I know plenty of couples and I've seen plenty of couples that are together and they're making it a godly relationship, but they barely don't even want to kiss and get really physically touchy touchy because they scared that they going to get, they going to take it too far. And if they're truly in love with each other, they are going to take it too far. That's just natural human instincts and beings and flesh. So, you can't have a boyfriend and girlfriend and make it romantic, but if you're trying to do it by God's standards and be celibate, and if you were having sex, but then y'all come to the conclusion like, oh my God, we got it, we can't keep sinning, that's hard to remove that. Like when y'all really been having sex and now you're trying to rip it away, that is going to be almost mind-numbing to do. So, not to say it's not impo it's impossible, I'm just saying it's really hard. It's very possible for you to be romantically involved with somebody and not have sex and, you know, or stop having sex and whatever and really turn it to a godly relationship. You can very much do it. It's very possible. I'm just saying it's going to be harder. So for me personally, with all these games and rules and everything and all of this stuff about men and stuff, I've just come to the point that I want to wait for the man that God has for me and when it's it's when he's the man that God has for me, him and I will know. For one, God will put it on his heart that when he see me, 
He almost practically want to go rub, going want to run up to me and kiss me like Jacob did and whelp. Like I need the man that God had for me to almost whelp when he see me like Jacob whelped when he seen Rachel. Okay, like. Like the way, nah, 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 this is a very bad example. Cause even David, when he seen Bathsheba bathing naked, now that was real lustful. When he seen her and was like, "Ooh, who that is?" That was all lust. But he seen her in that moment and was like, "Ooh, who that is? Go get her. I'm about to kill her husband because I want her that bad." Like that, that's what I mean, and that's why I didn't use that story for an example. Cause that was just all sin and lust. Um, but. That just shows when a man knows, he knows. And I've seen so many men, even if they just execute as a girlfriend, a wife, whatever, they don't waste no time. When a man is in love and when he knows, he don't waste no time. And so what I think is just being a friend, being a good friends, um, and then just building that way up. And a lot of people will say, oh, well, that." that could leave the man being let down and he can get his standards, you know, chopped down or he could, he could have been working towards like, if he liked you and know you was the one and then he tells you that he really likes you later on and then you turn him down. Well, then you truly wasn't the one you give it like, if it's really meant to be, it will be. And I noticed for a fact, and I thought, well, man, maybe I'm thinking too far-fetched with this. Like, this ain't possible. Like, when I thought about this and was like, well, maybe it should just be a friendship and then it just go to marriage. And people would think that's crazy. Like, you ain't have no type of dates. You ain't. Well, if I'm truly your friend and we're having really enriching conversations, I'm going to know all I need to know about you because you're my friend. Like, if we're really having real conversations and not just vague what you're doings and stupid, stupid stuff and TikToks all day, if we're really having thought-provoking conversations, especially if it's about the word of God, you're going to tell me the man you are through all of that, and I'm going to tell you the woman I am through God through all of our conversations. And I would clearly know if you can be the husband for me, even if you are just my friend. And so if you come up to that day and you like, I can't take it no more, I need her to be my wife, like I really... I really like you. I really want to be more than friends. Like, I really want to, like, you know, see what it, you know, like, I, I love you as a friend, but I have romantic feelings for you. If a man clearly come out and say that about me and he's my friend, but I've been, we've been friends for a while and I've been peeping and I'm like, man, he is really a good dude. He is really a great friend to me. Like, I really love him. He's a great friend. I'm naturally going to be like, man, yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. I love that idea. And the only reason why I know this could work is because I've had something like this. So my ex, and I'm, and this was back, we were young and fleshly and just teenagers. But it is possible because I thought I was too far-fetched thinking about this. But then God told me, like, no, I gave you this before. Now, granted, it wasn't fully in my image, but I did give you the organicness of a friendship built into a loving, romantic relationship later on. And it just organically started out as a friendship. My ex, one of the best relationships I had in the past, um, we were friends for like five months. And we were friends even when I was dating someone else at the time. And then I broke up with him. It was terrible, whatever. But he was always just a great best friend. We would have great conversations. Like, I just loved being in his presence. And he loved being in my presence. Like, it was just a wholesome, good friendship. Well, and this is why this is the perfect time to drop this episode. Because around this time, those years ago, Valentine's Day rolled around, and 
he bought me like a bear and some candy. And I'm like, best friend, what is this? Like, what are, what are you trying to say? Like, I'm like, huh? <laughs> and that was his way of being like, I want to be more than friends, you know? Now, that was a bold move. I could have turned him down. Now, most men are not bold enough to want to do this because they're scared of rejection. But that was a bold move for him to be like, I think I'm in love with my best friend and I want to let her know. And so he made the action. He didn't just say it with words, but he followed up with action. So that is what I mean. When a man knows, he knows, y'all. He knows. Like if, I, if, I, if you didn't get nothing else from this three-hour episode, when a man knows, he knows. And it wasn't three hours, but really over an hour. When he knows, he knows. And so I'm telling y'all, and he's going to do something with action. So he came with action, and he said it with his words, and it was in that moment that I had a decision to make. But he was always genuinely my friend. I never looked at him in the light of romanticness. I never looked at him in the light of being my boyfriend because, once again, he was my friend, and I was in a relationship right before that. So I wasn't thinking about dating nobody else. I was kind of like trying to recover from that mess. And it was in that moment I was like, wow. I was like, man, but you a really good dude. Like, I, like we have great conversations. I just love like laughing with you and talking to you. I feel like I can tell you anything. I, I feel safe with you. Like I felt all the things that I was supposed to feel. It wasn't nothing negative. It was a love is patient. Love is kind. Like it was like, you're very kind to me. You're not jealous. You're not boastful. You're very humble. Like you're a great man. You're a great friend. And from that moment, we we just naturally, organically, you know, moved it into a relationship. We never even had a date. Like, we never even had, like, this is our anniversary date. We got to a point, we was like, what is our date? Because we naturally just kind of was like, well, all right. So this is that now. Like, because you made the move and I really appreciated it and I loved it. So yeah, like you're still my friend. Like, and it really just became a friendship, but now a relationship. And of course it, it had some lust and all of that mixed in there. Once again, I was 18 y'all. So, you know, we was just some hornballs and we was lustful, but if we did not have the lust in it, I promise you that would have been a beautiful example of a godly relationship. If you took the lust out of it. Um, because it just naturally fell into play and it was so beautiful and organic. So that is how I know what I'm saying is not crazy and far-fetched because I've had it in my past and that wasn't me being like, oh man, I wish I want that for that. Man, listen, I ain't talked to that boy in forever. I wish him the best, whatever. But I'm saying that my next relationship and whoever's going to be my husband, I want him to be my friend. And I truly believe that I can have a friendship with a man for a nice little period of time. But when a man knows, he knows. Whole time, my best friend at that time back then, he could have known the whole time within that five months, like, I really like her and I really, really want her to be my girlfriend. But right now she got a boyfriend, so I'm going to respect it, be distant. You know, I'm going to still be a great friend or whatever, but I'm going to play my role. Like, I'm going to be a great friend. And, you know, if the time presents itself, I'm going to shoot my shot. That is what real men do. Like, when the time presents itself, they're going to take action. And when they know, they know. And so you can't, like, no, nothing's going to change his mind. When he knows, he knows. And so I know that I can have a friendship with a man, and it can be organic and beautiful, but the whole time in the back of his head, he can be like, 
I love her as a friend and I love her as a person and I love who she has, is as a woman. And if the opportunity presents itself, she's definitely going to be the woman for me. So at this grown woman state that I'm at at 24, I don't want nothing but a friendship with a man. I don't want, well, okay, this is the talking stage, and now we're at this exclusive stage, so now you can't talk. All these steps and tricks and gimmicks and, and all these rules and how long we talking and cuffing season and all this stuff, I, I can't, I can't. It makes my head hurt. It's too much. It, it, it's annoying. It's just all it does is just lead it, leads to wasted time and heartbreak. All that stuff that we talk about all day, every day, and the standards that we placed, I'm over that. I can't take it no more. I can't. I, 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 I literally and I physically can't. You're not about to come in my world and disrupt my peace and have all these rules and gimmicks and love bomb me with all this fake relationship stuff. And then when it gets real and the, and the kitchen get hot, you want to back out because you're getting too nervous because this requires you to be a man and step up and protect and provide. I can't do it. I just, I can't do it. Like, I literally, I physically can't. So what I want is just a friendship. You ain't nothing but my friend. That way it leaves no confusion and all of that. And that way you saying, well, what if they dating other people and all that? See, that's the thing. When you are so connected and intentional with God, you're not dating around and you're not mixing and mingling and going on blind dates. and You're not doing all of that because you're going to realize that's just like shooting blanks. You Because you, it's, it's really going to waste your time. It's going to piss you off. It's just going to do nothing but make you more agitated because you going on all these dates. They they You know they're not going to be the one for you. You're just trying to hope maybe you can maybe spark something on your own timing. That's just you trying to rush the own timing and push the pedal to the metal by your standards. If you're trying to put your dating life in your own hands, especially for my women. Now, for the men, it's a little different because you're the one that's supposed to be hunting and making the move. So you kind of got to be like, yeah, she the one? Nah, she ain't the one. But you'll know. Like the men in the Bible, they seen her. They knew. They seen her and they knew. When you just get that feeling, men know. They get that feeling, they get that feeling. They know, and they just know. But women, we just got, the only. it sucks for us, but we just have to present. We just have to present ourselves in our best light, position ourselves. You know, you can't be cooped up in the house every weekend thinking you're going to find your husband, and I'm saying this for myself. You can't be in your same spaces at work, go home. Like, you can't be in your same little spaces and thinking you ain't found a man and wondering why it's been on two or three years you ain't found a date. Well, it's because you do the same thing every single day. You ain't been nowhere different for the man to find you. So it is a little harder for us. You got to kind of, you know, explore and, and do adventurous stuff. You know, take candle classes, do pottery classes, do, do adventurous stuff that you like to do. And then maybe, you know, you be at it somewhere out to eat out somewhere and that man see you and he like that's her but you gotta be you gotta be out there you gotta be exploring in a respectful godly way woman of god for that man to find you so i just think men and women are supposed to be friends until they're married sounds crazy and the friendship could be a long thing. But see, that's the thing. That that removes all that sex before marriage. That removes all that rules of how long we're supposed to be dating before we get married. That removes all the rules of 
the talking stage and da 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 da. And I also addressed about the 50 50 or whatever. Like the finances of when it comes to being married, that's up for the couple, whatever works for them. But like I said, women, you should really, if you had a father in the home that was providing for you, you should be wanting that same type of standards. You should be wanting that same safety net. And men, you should be willing to provide that safety net. And that safety net is what you are comfortable with. If you know you want to be making this much money in your career, aim to that, you know? And then once you get there or get close to it, you know, that's where you turn to God and be like, all right, I think I'm ready for my wife. Show her to me, God. What's up? Women, work on your brand and your beauty and your body. Take care of yourself. Find who you are in God's image. Know who you are in God's image. And, you know, just position yourself. He'll come around. So this was one of my longest episodes ever. And I knew it was going to be my longest episode ever. And that is why I waited so long on doing these episodes. And why I made this a part two, because it just, it was a lot. So this is a long one. Shout out to you if you really got to the end to this. If you really, like, listen to the whole thing, you're a real one. Um, but I really said a lot of facts. I really did. I promise I did. And it was, I gave you scripture. I gave you text. Um, I really broke it down the best way I could. And I gave you simple text. I didn't give y'all, like, eight scriptures. I ain't finna flood you with a whole bunch of nonsense. I gave y'all like three verses. Three good verses. I gave you 1 Corinthians 13. Um, the love is patient, love is kind. I gave you 1 Corinthians 6 and 10 when it said run away from sexual sin. And then I gave you Genesis. I gave you Genesis. Um, and I gave you Genesis um, 39. And I gave you... 20 when it was about Rachel and um oops or the, it was a 29 I just want to make sure I'm referencing it right hold on hold on hold on no I believe it's 29 yeah 29 yeah I gave y'all 29 and 39 Genesis 29 and 39 about Jacob and then about Joseph and then I gave you two verses in Corinthians real simple four Four verses, real easy, real simple. Um, and I just really dissected them and talked about what it looks like. And then all the things that we placed, all the nonsense that we thought about in this episode. So that is why it was a long one, because it just, listen, we, we definitely have picked up so many rules from this world that don't make not a lick of sense it was never in god's word and it is all it's done is cause confusion and heartbreak and i have just gotten tired of the confusion and heartbreak and i sought out the truth from the word and from other bible believing christians that are preaching the truth and i can go fact check it and um i've drew my conclusion that when my husband come he going to come and he going to be ready. So let this be. I'm telling y'all, this episode going to be the testimony. When I pop out Mary, I'm going to tell y'all this episode. Like, I'm going to just list this episode. And then they're going to be like, they're going to be like, Mia, what you do? What, how'd you, how'd you? Listen to this episode. 
This is exactly what I thought. This is exactly where I was at. This is exactly what I am content with and found peace with. I've wrestled with it. I've cried about it because, of course, I want a boyfriend and I want to have sex and I want to do all that stuff. Yeah, that's what my flesh want to do. But I know for my spirit, that is no, that is no good in that. And it ain't going to do no good to me, to my spirit nor flesh. It'll satisfy my flesh for a minute, but it ain't going to do nothing. See, I'll be blessed. Um, it's going to get crazy and busy for me this semester. Um, it's already getting crazy and busy. So next episode, it might be a while, but I think I want to follow up with masturbation and sex and porn and things like that since I just got done talking about this topic. So I want to kind of follow up with just a lot of things about that. I kind of talked about it a little bit, but I didn't deep dive as much as I wanted to. So if you have a post, you have a purpose, and I will see y'all on the next episode.